welcome to the Dental Deep Dive, where we dive into industry trends and best practices for optimizing your dental organization while providing the best possible experience and care for patients. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Dental Deep Dive. My name is Dave Danielson, and I'm the host. Today, we'll be interviewing Gina Kinsella. Gina is the Director of Revenue Cycle Management for The Smilist, a quickly growing New York-based DSO with locations throughout New York and New Jersey. She began her career in revenue cycle management more than 10 years ago and got started in the dental industry with practice administration for a large growing oral surgery office in Long Island. Over the last 10 years, she was the Director of Revenue Cycle Management for National MedTrans Network, a growing national medical transportation company. Under her direction, the organization was able to go from $5 million to $10 million in a single year. More recently, she was the Revenue Cycle Management Operations Manager for ProHealth, which is a division of UHG. Her oversight was on the New York market, which was around a $700 million division. Today, we're going to be talking to Gina and asking her some direct questions, specifically around best practices and things that you could do right now to help improve your revenue cycle management best practices. Later in the conversation, we're going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that she's facing and maybe that all of us are facing in revenue cycle management and maybe come up with a quick brainstorm on some things that we could do a little bit better. All right, let's get started with Gina. Let's dive in. Welcome, Gina. We're so glad you could join us. Can you tell us a little bit about the Smilist and, and what you're doing for them right now? Sure. Um, well, the Smilist was founded in 2014. Um, we had our first affiliation on Long Island, New York. But since then, we've grown to 27 locations concentrated in the New York metro area. Um, we're a branded DSO. We focus on exceptional patient experiences. We, you know, strongly believe that people are our number one asset. We really built an amazing team with a varied and um, some deep experiences in all of the respective areas. We have allowed us to progress and innovate consistently over our short, actually six-year lifespan. So um, my role at The Smilist is in revenue cycle management. I have been with The Smilist for about a year and a half now and um, working on all aspects of their revenue cycle. So really excited to share you know, um, with the audience today what we have learned over, over these years. Yeah, we're, we're so glad you're here because, you know, sometimes, you know, for me, I, because I work in a product management role, it's kind of an ivory tower sometimes, right? So, you know, I do have lots of interviews with customers and I know about some struggles, but it's interesting to kind of dive in a little deeper and really talk about some of the things that are impacting practices right now. And then maybe we can share a few best practices to, to help them uh, be even better. So one of the things that made me, uh, you know, kind of got me thinking was, you know, 27 locations, six years, you know, that's like explosion, right? I mean, if you were to fast forward that, you know, 10 years from now, that's a really large organization. And, and I think, so what are the, some of the things that you're doing or what are you seeing in the, in the current business climate um, that's, that's relevant for the Smilist right now? So, you know, since the shutdown mandate uh, was lifted in June, we have reopened all 
27 of our locations, it seems that the demand for dental services are strong. So it has, you know, really contributed to a rapid recovery for us. We're at about 95% of our pre-COVID levels. Um, of course, safety is our top concern, but our patients don't really seem to be concerned when they come in. They feel safe we, with our new, you know, safety standards, um, PPE, gear, equipment, all of our elevated safety protocols, um, and our centralization of the RCM services have really, um, you know, helped in, in getting us back to, um, you know, having a, a good recovery and back to where we were before pre-COVID. So the patient demand has been high. Staffing um, has been a little bit difficult for us through because of those enhanced unemployment benefits, childcare, safety concerns, things like that. Um, but you know, it, it's good. It's it's really good. We're we're um, happy with the way we are recovering so rapidly. Oh, that's great, and and that's great news. I think because I think that a lot of group practices are seeing that type of thing. Um, you know, some industries that I work with, they didn't see much of a slowdown. I mean, obviously, we all saw some, right? But, I, you know, the demand being high and people bouncing back and filling up their appointment books, I think that's been like a real breath of fresh air for the dental market, right? Um, so what is it that you're seeing as kind of your biggest challenge facing revenue cycle management right now? I mean, you're, you're back in, you're back in stride. Um, what, are, what are you guys facing? So I see um, two pretty big challenges, you know, right now, and they have been, um, you know, for us. One, I think, is making the complexity of revenue cycle simple for our team. You know, um, revenue cycle is not something that, that everybody just understands, um, you know, and so there is complexity surrounding it. And we try to, um, you know, make it as simple for the team as possible. Um, we could talk a little bit about what we do to do that. But the other big challenge, I think, is implementing technology so that we can continue to scale with the growth of the company. When you have rapid growth, um, it's just so important to continue to use technology. Um, but it, it's difficult at times to make sure that you're implementing it at the right times with the right scaling potential. So, um, you know, we always have those uh, challenges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 the lever, right? If you go too far without the right automation, then you end up it, you have to undo a whole bunch of things that now you're doing. And if you go too early, then you're spending money ahead of when maybe you should have spent it. So that's it's such a hard balance, I think, for organizations sometimes. Yeah, for sure. When you talked about making revenue cycle management, taking the complex and making it simple, can you give us a couple of examples of of how you're doing that today? Yeah, so one of the things that we came up with was what we call an RCM playbook. Um, and it's, it's gathering some of what we call the right information at the right time. So um, our, our staff doesn't have to go researching basic information and spend, and it allows them to spend their time in the best way possible. So the playbook has things in it like, um, you know, claim, claim status. Did all of our claims for the day go over without rejection, um, without warnings, things like that, that they're able to focus in on and, um, you know, either correct 
immediately or um, it allows for some opportunities for uh, teaching the rest of the staff what, what, what went wrong and what they could do um, better. So it gives us lots of opportunities, but it's, it's really about putting everything all in, in one spot. So they're spending that time, you know, that, that valuable time that, that we all, you know, need um, <laughs> spending it in the right way and the best way possible. No, that's a that's a fantastic example. I mean, you know, we were having a podcast uh, with a previous guest, and and we were talking about the importance of really having a good SOP. And and I love the concept of taking an SOP, breaking it down into small chunks, and having what I would call, you know, like what you had mentioned, the playbook. Right? Here's what you do, and here's when you do it, and just, just drilling it down to make it super simple. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of organizations in the past and they have really large and beautiful SOPs, but nobody knows where they are or how to follow them, you know? So the idea of breaking that down into that simple playbook model, I think is such a great concept. Yeah. And it really, it has lots of, um, you know, reporting that's put into it so that, that the, the exact information that they need is, is right there. So for sure it's, it, it, um, it helps. It helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So what do you feel is going well with your process right now? I mean, we talked about the playbooks, but from a revenue cycle management umbrella, you know, what do you feel like is, is going well? So I think, um, you know, many of, of the revenue cycles team members have worked in our Smilest offices. So they have a great connection with the offices that they're assigned to. Um, it, it, it really has been enabled them to work closely uh, with the offices, even though they're not physically in the office. So we're fairly nimble, so we're not afraid of change. So, you know, we were able to switch to a remote work environment um, pretty, pretty easily. And I think that, um, you know, all of that together really, really helped and, and really went well for us to continue having um, that relationship in, in the offices. Revenue cycle, you know, a lot of times is like, I think you, you even mentioned this, like, you, you know, you're in an ivory tower and you're not connected with, um, you know, the people that are on the ground. So I feel like because, you know, sometimes, you know, the, 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 there's, a, there's that connection um, problem, we, we didn't see that. So it, it really helped us, you know, and, and helped us continue to um, instill the importance of the revenue cycle throughout all of our locations. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I always ask what people are doing well. And, and I think being nimble, having high degrees of communication. I mean, I don't think that we can overemphasize the importance of those you know, people factors within a within an organization. So then comes the dark side. So what are the areas that you're wanting to grow and improve? Well, you know, I don't know that. Um, you know, it's a, it's a dark side, right? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't need to be. No, we we all want to grow and improve. <laughs> so uh, one of the ways I think though is that we want to continue to centralize all of our RCM functions. We want to support the growth in the offices. Um, you know, we think constantly about how the central RCM team can support the local offices. Um, we're always making improvements on our collection reporting. You know, we want to increase the collections for the offices. So, um, you know, we've we've thought about a lot, 
we've thought about that a lot. So that's one way in which we want to grow and improve, um, you know, within within the uh, central revenue cycle team. And then I think that, um, you know, we always want to implement the right technology, um, the right process improvement to just speed up collections, improve collections. I mean, you know, ultimately the revenue cycle, that's that's where it ends, you know, on, on making that collection. So we're always looking for ways to implement new technology to be able to improve in this, the collections and the speed of the collections. And then, you know, lastly, I think so important is always make sure that we're creating a culture of togetherness. We talked a little bit about this, but because RCM is not physically located within the locations, it's easy for everyone to have an us first them mentality. And it's, it makes it difficult for us to develop and grow together. So really, we, we try to think about um, how to better support our offices always. So my, my team is really um, you know, we want to be a, a critical team member and, and always in that mindset of supporting the office. That's the way I think everybody should be thinking about it. And then I think that we have like a, a new challenge right now because it seems when we look at our October schedules, we, we have kind of this gap there in hygiene, especially because there was a rush for everybody to come in. Mm-hmm. And now, um, they are not they don't have benefits or whatever or whatever the case may be in October. So it seems like our October schedule is a little bit lighter than what it would normally be. So now we're coming up with a plan to try to fill that gap that we think is going to happen. And apparently it's happening across all or every organization. They're seeing that same, you know, dip in around the October time. So we'll see how we all do and what we're going to do about it. I think they've been sharing, you know, different ideas. Are there any specific items that you're trying to centralize that you haven't, that you've kind of wanted to? Um, Well, I think that we have um, our claim submission. There's there's certain items that um, are pretty easy to centralize. You know, one being uh, payment posting becomes pretty easy to centralize. You can, you know, have all of your insurance payments sent to one Uh, address or, you know, into one bank account, and it makes it easy to have a central team posting those payments. Some of the other areas that are a little bit more difficult to centralize, but, um, you know, we, we do want to continue to move in that direction is, you know, what happens around your claims. So, um, you know, the offices generating their charges and and getting those into um, the system, but then what happens after that? So um, yeah, we've we've really been working a lot on getting the um, claim submission and and claim, well, everything surrounding those claims centralized, not just the follow-up, which is another easy one to centralize, but it's really, you know, from step one on the claim, get that a little bit more central so that we can have that that really um, good view on what's happening from start to finish. So that's that's a perfect example, Gina, of like a great area where people can really focus in on centralizing and, and helping their their practices grow and succeed. Um, you know, one of the things that we know that that we're trying to do in the market, and the whole purpose of this podcast is really to share best practices. So what are three best practices 
that you have seen, I mean, you've traveled from organization to organization. What are the three things that you think, if you focus on these three things, this is going to be your best place to start. And, and if you focus in on those, that's where you're going to really win. So I think this is my favorite question. Um, I think that number one would be EFTs. Convert as many paper checks as you can into EFT. Um, EFT payments shorten your DSO timeline. Um, they cut down on misrouted payments, undeposited checks. Um, you know, getting that electronic fund transfer right into your account really, really just makes a big difference in your revenue cycle. It also takes off workload um, from your staff. So they're able to focus on other tasks besides just opening the mail, sorting, depositing, those kind of things, those you know, those tasks take up time that's valuable, that they can be focused on something more important, like, you know, getting a claim paid quicker or s sending, you know, a missing x-ray, whatever the case may be. But um, they're able to focus their, their attention on things that will really make a difference. Um, so EFTs allows you to centralize payment posting more easily. Um, it allows you to go to a remote work environment, that's for sure. Um, we really found that out during the uh, COVID period. So that's my one, that would be number one for if you're looking to make an improvement, um, make sure you are collecting as many EFTs as possible. That's perfect. So what else do you got? I know that we've talked about this on the sidebar before, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think secondly, would be um, electronic claims. Make sure you're sending as many claims as possible via electronic submission. It's the same thing. It shortens your DSO timeline. It cuts down on misrouted claims, no claims on file. I mean, the insurance companies are famous for us to call and say, um, you know, why haven't you paid on the claim? And they say, oh, there's no claim on file. We never got it. And so an electronic submission gives you proof that you sent it. it. It tells you when it's received, all of that kind of good stuff. They can't say that it got lost in the mail any longer. Um, electronic claims, just like EFTs, allow you to make an easier transition to centralization. It gives you a really good view um, in usually in, in a clearinghouse or e-central type um, view um, into your claim. So you could really, gives you that control over them. Um, the status of your claim is never a uh, mystery. You know, it's it, you don't have to call in order to figure out what your st the status of your claim is. So saving time. And you can also, what I, what I love about electronic claims is you can fix errors that you see earlier in the AR cycle. So, um, you know, you don't no longer have to wait 30, 60 days to start, you know, following up on a claim. Um, you're able to view it and, and fix whatever needs to be fixed earlier in that cycle. So I love that. And then I think hand in hand with that is um, improving your clean claim submission. I really feel like the revenue cycle starts from the patient intake. It starts from the very beginning of when you first see the patient and what kind of information you're taking uh, from the patient to make sure that you're getting the right insurance information, even down to the proper date of birth and put it into your system. So um, all of that will help you send a claim that has all of the right information and is clean and you won't get warnings, you won't get 
um, rejections and it, it just, again, speeds up everything. So I, our organization in particular really worked hard um, from getting, worked hard on this clean claim rate. So we went from 86%, um, having 86% of clean claims to going to 96% of clean claims. So it was a, it was a really good um, jump. We still are not at our goal. Our goal is to have 97% clean claims consistently every month. Um, you know, but but again, it's it's starting in the very beginning, right from the get-go with patient intake, making sure you're capturing all of the um, correct demographics, the correct insurance information, um, and then everything else that you do leading up to submitting the claim will give you that clean claim. So, um, you know, we've worked together to um, capture some more potential claim issues with software support. So, um, yeah, we, we've been, we've been doing that on an on ongoing basis. So looking forward to really having even a hundred percent clean claims soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's all of our goal. I think we, I think we want to get there. And I think that one of the items that you really hit on was, you know, this is an area where you can focus on and make a meaningful difference. And I'm guessing it probably took you a little bit, but probably not that long of a time, but I'm sure it's helping on the AR side. I mean, clean claim submission, that just changes the game on, on the AR side from, from, what I'm, from what I'm seeing in the market. Yes, it's true. It really does. It helps tremendously. All right. Well, this has been really fun. I'm so glad that you're here. Do you have any questions for me or do you want to know anything from any of your peers? I mean, ask a question. We'll put it in the show notes and they can say, oh my gosh, I know that and I'm going to share it with Gina or whatever you want to do. Uh, this is your time. <laughs> okay. Well, I would really love to know how others are doing with um the ERA posting, how, how is it going? What are some of the things that they um, see and, and improve on? How are they doing their adjustments? If something automatically posts incorrectly, are they running reporting to, to fix that? Like what, what are they, what are we all seeing with this um, ERA posting? We just recently started that in our organization. So looking for, for feedback on that would be great. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're gonna we'll add that into our list. Todd, you're on the hook. We got to find somebody. Uh, we'll let people self-select a little bit, but you know, this is one of those things where we want to feed the community. We we think that we're a big family of dental providers, and we want to make sure that people are doing the best that they can and and giving them the tools that can help them do better. So, Gina, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been absolutely fantastic. And uh, we're so glad that you could make it. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow, that was absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Gina. And thank you, The Smilest, for sharing her time with us today. We really appreciate the insights that she shared and the best practices that we can start tackling right now. And just kind of a quick summary of those best practices that Gina highlighted. One, make sure you're getting EFTs for all of your payments if you can. Two, Look at how you're using ERAs because you want to make sure that you're getting as high a rate of ERAs as you possibly can. And let's make sure that we're tracking our days of service outstanding. A couple other things that we highlighted here were making sure that we're using electronic claims. There's too many items dropping to paper, which is taking long for you to get your payments back. 
We know that we want to push on the industry to make sure that payers are going electronic as well, and we'll definitely start tackling some of that. And then also another great example of a best practice that she highlighted was really focusing on your clean claim submissions. You want to get those rejections handled right up front. You want to get those out of the way so that you can get your claims flowing through as clean as possible. And I think one of the targets that she mentioned was the goal for her organization was to get into that high 90s, 98, 99% clean submission rates. And I think that those are things that we could all in our organization set goals around. And so with that, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thanks again, and thank you for being here on the Dental Deep Dive. In our next episode, Jessica Nipiza comes back to the show, and we're going to be focusing on some workflow best practices, so you'll want to make sure you be there for that one. It's going to be fantastic. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. This episode was sponsored by Dentrix Enterprise, the top choice for large dental organizations that place a premium on customized workflows, improved efficiency for revenue cycle management, and centralized business operations. If you'd like to learn more about how Dentrix Enterprise can centralize your business practices, please visit them at dentrixenterprise.com forward slash dental deep dive.